Guys, uh, you guys ready to start this, or are we really starting on Kanye? <laughs> we, we can't start on Kanye, right? <laughs> not, no, yeah, I think we can, because... No, we're not. Ends. I'm calling an audible. We're not starting on Kanye. No. Welcome back to the Nameless <laughs> Podcast, everyone. Actually, we have a name idea today. We have uh, the name idea, the new label podcast. Throw that logo up right in front of your microphone. I don't know if right it's there. in focus. No idea new if it's label. in focus or not, but... Um, that's one we've been tossing around. Seems really cool. We're going to pilot test it today. Today is the New Label podcast. Taylor, what's the uh, what's the story behind New Label? All right. So um, I've, I've heard Jeremy say this before. Like labels, you just, labels kind of suck. You don't like being labeled, you know, because labels provide limitations and everything. And um, anyway, so I started with this thing called Label Me. I'm going to start a t-shirt thing where I just put Label Me on there because it's like a sarcastic thing where like if someone's throwing a label on it, you're like, okay, fine, but I'll probably prove you wrong anyways. Anyways, with when it comes to this, it's just like throwing a new label onto us because um, I don't think anyone really knows how to label us because we are um, unique in the areas of like business, adventure, and like just coaching. Like our... our theories and, and the way we go about life are just unique mm-hmm. so i figured we're gonna call it the new label podcast because they're gonna have to come up with a new label to describe us i like that because we've talked about that a lot where we say how do we define the boundaries of what we talk about in our podcasts and yeah there's just so many things so trying to really narrow that down has has been a challenge but having a new label something new something entirely unique that's yep. that's definitely something that would describe us pretty well so we're going to pilot test this name for a little while see how it see how it does yeah so yeah. for today the new label podcast <laughs> there we yeah. go we got one all right we got a name we got we got a name for today yeah. all right so today's podcast topic is going to be about the cultural aspects of adventure so we've seen a very large trend in the last i would say the last 5 to 10 years of people escaping back into the wild, back into these more adventurous lives that they can that they can live. And typically what that ends up being is people migrating from areas of concrete jungle into areas more like Colorado and Montana. And uh, oh, no, I won't mention that state because it's yeah, a secret. Yeah, we're going to keep that one a secret. We don't want anyone going there. So let's just say Colorado and Montana because yep. it's, already, it's already been happening. And uh, today we're going to talk about some of those drivers, why people are doing that. Um, how people do it right and do it wrong. And we're also going to move into a little bit of how you can do it right and give you guys some some tips and advice on uh, on being effective with your adventure time. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think Jeremy has a lot to say about this topic, but I'll just jump in first um, real quick. And when you think of Colorado, most people think that people move there because of the weed. And like that's that's my like little stereotypical. <laughs> yeah, when was thing. it? When was it legalized? Twenty. It's been a while, hasn't I can't it? Remember, like twenty fourteen or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So when when I first think of Colorado, I think of like that's why people moved there. But there's so much more to the mm-hmm. state because I've driven through it a few times now, and I've gotten to drive along like the highway that goes by Vale and all those ski areas. Oh yeah. And there's way more to it than just marijuana. So I'm going to let, <laughs> let Jeremy get into this. That, that's funny. That's the first thing everyone has to say. Because when I moved to Colorado, I, I was transferred there for work. I was working for Rockpile. We were headquartered in Colorado and I was working at a Dickinson. And we transferred there and people were like, oh, you're moving to Colorado. Is it because leagues legalized? I'm like, no, you moron. Why would that be why someone would move to another state? But they do that. They call yeah. them a... Uh, uh, what what do they call them? Um, they call them pot immigrants, <laughs> people who come from other states just so they can they can do uh, that. They can go to Canada now, so the whole country's legalized. Yeah. yeah. So if you if you move to a state like Colorado or or Washington or wherever those places are, you just want to hike mountains. You're gonna yeah. have to deal with that stereotype. You probably will. <laughs> yeah, stereotype. Uh, what was one I heard? Like the Californian gypsies, <laughs> something yeah. like that. You know, like just people are like, oh man, weed. Let's go. Let's go. Let's move Pack to Colorado, our bags. man. It's like the great immigration. And then they then they get up there <laughs> and they realize trail. that they realize that hiking and climbing mountains, like when your lungs are are black, probably doesn't work. Not a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just I, I picture like a whole group of like VW vans, like like kind of like the horse and buggy thing back in the day when they would travel and stuff now it's the vw vans all heading to colorado in a line <laughs> side of the oregon trail it's the uh it's the colorado trail yep. it's the green trail yeah, <laughs> yeah. wow that's funny okay green all right jerry <laughs> I, well, you know i think 
I think um, a lot of people, especially this our generation and this new generation, and you know, like this, the people that are growing up right now that are starting to, I I would say, flourish in the business world, and in you know the college world and high school and things like that. Uh, you, you see all these new weird fancy dancy names, you know, for things like eat, <laughs> you know, eat Jesus, eat is you eat. know, every yeah, eat is eat, and and things like that. Um, but really. What's really defining this generation is the word culture. They they like we are they are over focused and I think solely focused on culture as a whole. They don't want to be defined by their age group, but rather defined by their culture. To yeah. me, anyways, that's what it seems like. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, what the world? <laughs> this is like you know for somebody like me that's like anti hipster, yeah, like anti trendy. Like as soon as it becomes trendy, I'm like, no. Yep. I can't. I can't do this. He's basically a hipster for being a hipster. <laughs> yeah, hipster for being a hipster. Yeah, if that makes sense. He was cool before it was cool, and then it was cool. It's not cool anymore. Yeah, yeah. But it, you you jumped out before that. Yeah, I tried to, anyways. <laughs> yeah, I tried to. Something keep, starts trending, you're out. Yeah, keep my finger on the pulse so that I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, you know, culture is a big deal, and one thing that obviously that we're all familiar with is is like mountain culture. Like, and mm-hmm. what is it? Uh, you like obviously like there's the the California gypsies, the weed gypsies that come in because of the because of the pot. Um, but at the same time, I think a lot of that is, is a desire to get back out into nature. I mean, you see like companies like REI that have like a brand new resurgence, you know, like economically, because they're just like, we've been getting more and more people and their companies are just exploding. You see like Mountain Hardware and the North Face have really gotten even exploded even more. I think in the 90s, they had a big explosion and then it hit the 2000s and it like kind of went downhill for a little bit. And then it just finally shooting back up there again because of how many people are getting out into the outdoors. Yeah. And I, I think a little bit was, you know, obviously just generation gaps. You know, you have you had people that were like out in Vietnam, you know, like and then, then they went to transfer to a new war and then those families were like came back and they're like, Well, now we just work and you know, like that's probably my dad's generation. I think all of our parents' generations where they didn't really go out and do a whole lot of stuff because yeah. their parents were like we work mm-hmm. and then bam you know like the well baby and they work outside are, too that's yeah. that's another part of it that i think is important yeah that's 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 exactly it is is a lot of those jobs are outside you know um blue collar jobs mm-hmm. and so but i see like these kids nowadays and especially a little bit older than us in our generation and this new generation that wants to get back outside and in to me, obviously, I think it has to do with identity, right? And they're just being called back out to, like Moses, right? Back mm-hmm. out into the back country. Yep. Because uh, they feel something that's out there that they just don't know what it is. You know, obviously, you have Jimmy Chin and, and some famous people that are out there that are like, you know, get out there, uh, feel, feel at one with the earth, and they're just yeah. feeling called to that. You know, there's, if, if I would say it, there's probably four types of mountain cultures in like in city especially mountain towns and mm-hmm. in like states like Colorado or Montana number one you obviously have your weed guys yeah <laughs> where they're like mountain high yeah <laughs> I think the second group are people that work at ski resorts that yeah. are like ski bums right yep uh number three is like a proper dirt bag right <laughs> so obviously like it has been a goal of mine to become a proper dirt bag and uh, like people ask me sometimes like especially when I was working and living in Aspen like what do you do oh I'm a dirt bag like I'm a <laughs> professional dirt bag and which is obviously like false 100% false because mm-hmm. I obviously had a full on <clears throat> career you know yeah <laughs> uh, but that was always a goal of mine is to be like that there was one time uh, I got asked at the like uh, at the uh, um, building department in Aspen he's like are you single he's like I'd like to set you up with this girl this girl asked me that and I was like no I can't and he's like why Why not well I'm a dirt bag so. and I think it was Toby was one of like the superintendents like just like started laughing because he's like I've never heard somebody like out, outwardly proclaim that you were a dirt bag and I was like yep that's me but obviously I'm not so super nice guy but uh, the fourth I think is is like those people that are like come into the state 
and then they're like what does Instagram tell me that I'm supposed to do, <laughs> you know? And then they'll, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll move into Denver or, you know, they'll move into someplace in, in, um, Colorado. They're probably like barely meet men's eat, you know, ends meet. And then they like do what Instagram says it. They like get their little cardboard sign out. They write 14,000 feet on it, even though they're above 14,000 feet, you know, but it's yep. just 14,000 and they're like, <laughs> Uh, they'll go up to Mount El- Elbert and be like, "Yay, fourteen thousand feet!" And then you're like, "Ugh," you know, it's like super trendy thing to do. And then post it on the Instagram, and then they'll post, you know, like, uh, like uh, fall colors, you know, like in pictures on their Instagram yep. stories every day of you know something mountain related. And I'm like, "I'm sorry, but you live in like Colorado Springs, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like you live in town. Like yep. don't say that you're always out there." Uh, you know, and it's of like a of a leaf that's like in downtown Colorado Springs on the sidewalk. You're like, <laughs> ugh, you're still in the concrete jungle, bud. Get out there. Yeah, you know? like those types of things. If I, and those would be like the four types of mountain cultures that I would think that there is. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Charles? Do you have any more to chime in on? Um, I think that you have your hardcore professionals too. That's uh, and yeah. By professionals, oh, yeah. I, I don't necessarily mean like uh the the guys that that are like their job like the red bull sponsored athletes that are out in the mountains would you consider those guys as like proper dirt bags though they don't they would be more so proper dirt bags (laughs) when i say like hardcore professionals it's the guys that uh you know they they may work all week and when they when they get out into the mountains like they're doing it for the right reasons yeah i would say maybe there's a fifth there's a fifth one because i i know like travis is saying like barry gear right he's Mm -hmm. a full-on architect but that dude Mm -hmm. like gets out yeah, I mean, it hits it hits Friday at noon, and the dude's like checked out, and that guy goes. I mean, and he's climbed like I don't know, like four or five of the big summits, you know, like yeah. of the seven summits. I mean, dude's a freak, but he also has a full on career and a full on mm-hmm. job, bringing in money left and right, and then he gets after it. I like that one. That's actually yeah. good. And I think that's honestly what most people should strive to do. Like if that's if that's the lifestyle that you want, that should actually be your end goals. It's like having that balance of having the means that funds your ability to go out and do these things. You're doing it for the right reasons and you're not doing it just for the uh for the shot of dopamine that Instagram and Facebook <laughs> gives you. That seems to be a common problem in today's culture. Yeah, isn't that the truth? Where it's like a a instant high that they, they get because they're like oh hey 400 likes and then the next day it's gone mm-hmm. and they're like well hey that was a really good photo but i gotta get another photo yeah you know? <laughs> yep. gotta get back out <laughs> there the, just for the photo and it's not like we're anti-instagram because we have our instagram accounts but mm-hmm. i think there's a point where you're like man you're letting this define you and that's yeah. not good that's not good it's not healthy you know it's Instagram is not reality. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a platform for you to like share artwork. You know, yeah. that's how it was supposed to be. Yeah. You know, connect with other people and be like, oh man, this guy's getting out there adventuring, yeah. you know? And then, hey, it could inspire some people. Mm-hmm. Cause I know there's, that's a big thing with like Instagram right now. It's just like, hey, tag responsibly, which yeah. I shake my head at. And I'm like, you guys, you as a town are tourist based. Like, you need yeah. to like, like flaunt whatever you've got so you get more money mm-hmm. in. And then they're like, well, just take responsibly. And I'm like, I shake my head. <laughs> like, ugh, that frustrates me. Yeah. But I think that within the word culture, you know, like people have to just find a healthy balance, like Travis said, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to be to do anything, whether you're eating hot dogs every day, <laughs> becomes unhealthy because mm-hmm. you don't have balance. For sure. You know, if you're just doing arm curls every day, that's unhealthy because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you, you got to find balance, right? Um, there are a lot of things in life that if you keep doing it and you don't find balance with other things, it becomes unhealthy Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter what it is. Even relationships, you know, if you keep doing one thing, it becomes unhealthy, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it culture within itself, I think is, is, is a big thing because people don't know how to do that, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, back in the day, you know, like, you know, if I would say, you know, even a thousand years ago, families were intertwined for their entire lives. Yeah. They they grew up and then they lived in that house and then they died in that house, (laughs) you know, and culture was set within that small group of people and it was super easy to manage. Mm -hmm. But now with, I think, internet and it's like so broad, 
yeah. everybody's chasing after a culture that's that's not either healthy for them it's yeah. not related to them and what they do mm-hmm. and then they're just like well i see a fake thing on on instagram and i'm gonna chase that yeah and so culture within itself is just harder and harder to attain because mm-hmm. they're just chasing something that's not real well and it's interesting and this probably ties into the whole being called back to the outdoors aspect of this is humans as a species have not figured out how to adapt to this new technology that we have especially yeah. the internet and having ready access to it at all times mm-hmm. uh, to a point where it's become a part of our identities and we don't know how to cope with that yeah if you were to think of cell phone use or internet use as a drug think about the last day that you or anyone you know have has had a sober day no cell phone no internet never checked it once yeah and i would be hard pressed to say that there's anyone who's spent more than one or two weekends a year without connection to the internet social media whatever that might be i mean (laughs) yeah it's it's amazing to think about right if you think about it that way it's insane but the same the same qualities that exist in that kind of addiction are there. Um, your dopamine, serotonin systems, limbic resonance with other people all exist when you post that photo on Facebook and you start seeing likes and it comes in and you feel good. You get a hit of dopamine, your body rewards you. You do that every single day for years and years and years and your body creates this chemical dependency because your body needs dopamine and serotonin to feel normal. So if you have something like social media where you have that unhealthy addiction to it and you have dopamine and serotonin constantly being released for your interactions with it, you develop that addiction to it. And I think that that's, uh, I think that's evident in the evidence where everyone is addicted to their mobile devices. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of just feel like if people could get back to just doing things for the right reasons, doing them because they're cool and because you enjoy it, you know, you enjoy it, not because somebody else did it or somebody else. And that's where it's like uh, where the whole there's a caveat with the, the Instagram thing. Like Jeremy said, we have our Instagram accounts and everyone falls victim to that trap of. Hey, I posted this photo on Instagram. I hashtagged it. And oh my gosh, like hundreds of people liked it. That's so cool. I want to do that again. And then you have to keep it in check in your mind. Like when I'm going out and doing these things, like, am I trying to get that photo for Instagram or am I doing it because I enjoy doing it? Most people aren't that self-aware to say, oh, wait, I need to enjoy this. This isn't just for the Instagram. And then you can take that a step further and say, there are people who it's their job to get likes on photos on Instagram because that's how they get paid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the, the influencer culture is something that's just absolutely crazy. It's turned us all into like marketers, like for ourselves. Right. It's insane. Right. Cause like every time we post a picture, we're trying to do the repeat the same process that mm-hmm. got us those likes before. It's like any time in life, like you're, you're trying to sell yourself almost. And it's, it's crazy because like, it's not even our job, yeah. but it feels like, right. Almost. And honestly, I feel like if it's your job, it's probably healthier because you can compartmentalize yeah. to say I'm doing this. And, uh, I'm also, you know, there's a business aspect to it. I'm mm-hmm. growing an audience, all of these things. And you're doing it for that purpose. Yeah. If you're in that in-between land where you're just getting likes on Facebook and Instagram to get likes on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. That's where it becomes problematic. And that, I mean, that culturally that expands yeah. into even just the, uh, rip your, rip your enemies to shreds culture that you see on Twitter oh, mm-hmm. yeah. because people have found out that if you post something that's insightful and mm-hmm. friendly and logical and just even if it's something someone disagrees with, yep. zero traction, nothing happens because it's not provocative. Yeah. If you say something that is just rude and arrogant and completely provocative <laughs> to the other side, you get the people that rush in to support you yep. and you get the people who rush in to rip you to shreds and your engagement goes through the roof. Yeah. I mean, oh. look at every single tweet that Donald Trump says, like whether you're for it, yeah. for it or against it, because there's two sides of it. The people who are for it comment on it and support and the people who are against it share it and say, look at this idiot. Yeah. And then he gets, you know, hundreds of thousands of shares and he keeps doing it. Yeah. Free marketing. Yeah. Free <laughs> that was marketing. his whole campaign. I just can't imagine a lifestyle where you're trying to create those hot topic um, oh, items yeah. just so people will respond. Like, I just couldn't go and through a life like yeah, that. Yeah. And it's it's festered into so many other aspects outside of social yeah. media. The uh, I mean, even our uh, journalistic institutions, yep. they've been falling into the exact same trap because yep. now everyone's getting their their news from from social media. 
no one's going to their website or buying their papers physically and their business models failing. So yeah. they're, they're saying, well, what works for everyone else? Well, let's be controversial and provocative and pick a side and then pit each other against it. Everyone else. Yeah. And we can draw a profit again. Yeah. And it's been incredibly damaging for, for just a, the polarization politically and people thinking that everyone's out to get each other. Yeah. I was watching, um, uh, ESPN it's called first take on ESPN. And there's this guy named Max Kellerman on it. Who's one of the, the main, um, dudes that does the speaking and, and debating and everything. And he said, his uh, daughter goes to school. I'm not sure where it's at, but they, nowadays they have classes in school. Um, I think they're in middle school even where they teach you how to decipher what's real and what's fake with like on the internet and stuff. And, and like how, yeah, like they're actually having classes to teach you how to decipher all this because it's gotten so out of hand. And that's, that's a good counter reaction to this because I think that in the past, the past four years, especially, uh, people have come to that realization. Like it was very exposed that, Oh, well, a lot of information on the internet that I'm receiving or I'm seeing isn't necessarily true. So I need to develop my, my big brain critical thinking skills and decipher all of this. Even the fact checking websites, you have to go through it and you're going to have to check the sources and, and go through and make up your mind for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's, if it goes full circle and um, it's forced that everyone's going through this whole false information and over information, just people being provocative to be provocative. People might adapt to that and say, okay, I'm going to develop my own critical thinking skills and make up my own mind. And that would be the best possible thing that could happen to our culture. Yeah. The best possible I think so. thing. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I, you know, I, have you, have you met like some of those, um, of those influencers like that are like full on instant influencers? You know, a lot of people like Travis said is, is like if you, if they run it as a business and they're like, I'm just doing this so that I can make money and then they separate themselves. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Then you meet some people where like influencing like gets to their head and they're like, yeah. I'm an influencer. <laughs> yeah, I'm an influencer. And then they say it like every five minutes and I'm like, I was literally want to like bash my head in and be like, lady, <laughs> like really in the end, I want to say like the same thing that Cameron Haynes says. Shout out to you, Cameron Haynes, your, your uh, inspiration. For like a lot of people, yeah. and I wish a lot of people would listen to you, but he's like, nobody cares. <laughs> you know, really in the end, I mean, people might sit there and be like, oh, that's cool. And then they press like, and then they forget about it five yep. minutes later. That's how much influence you had. Yeah. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but uh, a lot of those influencers, like people like that, like build homes or something like that. They're like flip homes. And it's like, yeah, you, you inspired somebody to want to put up a door, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a sliding door. And, and that's really, that was the thing, you know, it yeah. wasn't life changing. That person isn't like, I've been renewed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm a brand new person. That's a, that's a good yeah. point is how you define influence because yeah. how people would like to define influence and honestly how it should be is someone who inspires you to do something like that's, mm-hmm. that's what influence should be. If you look at the, uh, uh, and the only reason I know all of this now is is because my girlfriend, like, this is what she does yeah. for her yeah. profession. Yeah. But um, but if you look at it from a business perspective, what an influencer is, is someone who has an audience that you can leverage to market a product. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's like, yeah. it is like a billboard. You know, if you think about it, if you think about it like that, where um, you're trying to get your message, your product, whatever, in front of the right people, they have accumulated the right people. And now yeah. you want to put your product in front of those people. So you pay them money yeah. to put that product in front of people. Like when you boil yeah. it down to it, it's that simple. And <laughs> yeah. there are influencers that are very good at doing that. Yeah. And then there's influencers yeah. that think that it's a, uh, it's kind of a quasi celebrity where they're, they're like, Oh, I'm Logan Paul, you know, yeah, I'm going to yeah. go out, I'm going to be this social media mogul and do a bunch yeah. of crazy savage things so that people watch my YouTube videos. And it's yeah. like, it's like that's not necessarily the whole story. Like you have to kind of be realistic about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I think that's where the balance. I'm gonna comes fix that back. camera. Keep talking. That's where that um, balance comes into into play, where people balance out like saying that, "Hey, I have a I have a following, mm-hmm. uh, and this is what I do." But in the end, I'm I'm still me. I'm still like yep. these things that I like to do, and then they do that. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, you know, it's that. It, it just comes back down to balance. Where you're not letting yourself get out of control. Where you, where you yeah. ground yourself to one thing and then you're like, yep, I'm going to pull myself back in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that um, for a majority of kids like that, there's not enough people out there that tell them that. Yeah. And they're just trying to figure it out themselves. Mm-hmm. 
their parents are like, dude, that's you don't make money like this. You yeah. can't do this. You can't do that. Or yeah. their their un- uncle or <clears throat> aunt is like, no, you can't. Mm-hmm. And so they're like just tired of hearing that. But I think that there needs to be people out there, especially in the outdoor community, where they're like, hey, this is this is my, might be what like the culture seems like here. Yeah. But like, don't let it define you. Don't let it be your identity. Yeah. Uh, and you need to have a healthy balance. Yeah. You know, I think that's what's really missing to get mm-hmm. these kids to get out of the. And I'm not saying that culture is bad, but to get out of that culture mindset where they're like, yeah. culture is defining me instead of what you do and what you like defining you and who you are defining you. Mm-hmm. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. The social media aspect that of that is definitely complicated. We got to get, we got to get Lane on the podcast one of these days. Yeah, for sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. She I can know. give us the, uh, the expert eye on all this. Cause really cool. it's like in my mind, it's all, um, it's all just, uh, oh, what would you call that? Not empirical data, um, not situational data. Gosh, dang it. It's just data. It's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just data. Anic- anecdotal, <laughs> just the things that, that I've observed yeah. myself. So having someone who actually knows what they're talking about. Yeah, be that'd be idea. cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. So, it, so if we break down the culture, right? And yep. so um, first, obviously, like the first one, like the weed smokers. <laughs> and they're like, well, it's healthy for you. And I was like, have you ever seen a bong, dude? <laughs> have you ever seen one? <laughs> Have you seen what that looks like? It looks like, yeah, you know, that's the greatest. That's one of the greatest things. It's like all of the, I mean, I'm going to say this ignorantly, but my assumption is that all of the studies that are done on the medical effects of cannabis are not from smoking it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Probably not. Yeah. 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 At least that is my assumption. I feel like that's kind of how that works. Yeah. Yeah. Just anything you put in your lungs, probably not, probably not good like that way. Anyway, I mean, do you, do you smoke Tylenol or, Yeah, B vitamins. <laughs> yeah, like, even even with all that vaping stuff that's coming out, I don't know yeah. what it's all. You know what it all constitutes. I it think I'm surprised it. that there's no such thing as like a multivitamin vape. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> million, do- million dollar be. idea. I'm cutting that uh, out of the podcast so well, someone doesn't steal uh, it. The crazy part is, is I heard that you know that that what's that one vaping thing with the J J U U L or uh, whatever? Yeah, the Jewel. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, you know, like I saw an article that they were billionaires and then like. After last week's downturn, they're like no longer billionaires. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. How they got out while you were ahead. I mean, that, I saw the writing yeah. on that wall. Big yeah. tobaccos coming in. They're like, get yeah. these vapes out. Yeah, get these vapes out. <laughs> That's how quick the culture can change, though. Too. Yeah. You yeah. know, like our culture is influenced by one thing goes like viral on the internet and everyone's turning in a different direction. So, mm-hmm. in, in, I, I, like, I got to call out some churches because of that, because they're like, well, it's culture. And then I'm like, don't let culture define you. Like yeah. when we, all of a sudden we have people like, like for instance, people, the people like the demographics during world war one did not let culture define them. They were like, yeah. no, <laughs> this is what we're doing. It's the whole reason why America went to war is, is like the Nazis are letting culture define them. We're going to go stop that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Cause if you just let culture define you, it's whatever here, here and goes, it always yeah. fluctuates and flows. And there's no like single purpose or like single yeah. thing that's like saying, no, this is the line and this is what we're toting. Yep. You know, when you let culture define you, all of a sudden things change. And then I get angry with that. Yeah. There's a spider. But giant, giant guy too. <laughs> all right. But he better eat the bugs. Yeah. He better it's, eat the he's bugs. not a black <laughs> widow, so we're good. Yeah. Okay, we're, that's good. I found, brown, brown, I found one of those the other day. Really? Like, <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. That's a weird feeling when you find something the size of like a pea that can kill you. Yeah. yeah that's it's like, it's yeah, incredible so. though. Yeah. I killed it with brake cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you have at the time you kill it with. If I go with the, into like number two, which I, which I think was um like the people that work at like mountain towns and they're like the ski, ski bombs, ski bumps, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm, and people that work at ski, uh, you know, like lodges or, or ski resorts and yeah. they work on the ski co or the seasonal workers. Yeah. The seasonal workers. And, that, and in the end they have like a lot of fun and they make like nothing. Yeah, they like man, they make scared. memories, Jared. Yeah. <laughs> make memories. They, yeah. they work. They work all the time, and then they they make no money, and then you're like, and then you shake your head, and you're like, I'd like to. Crazy I, I know that we know a couple of people who were lifties for a couple yeah. seasons. I'd love yeah. to talk to them to ask them how often they got to ride. You know, like yeah, that's that's always been my biggest thing. Is it? And I think that. Uh, that like the resorts try to paint that picture too. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, be a lifty. You get to ride all day. Yeah, you get to do. work every once in a while. And they're, I, I'd like to know what the reality of yeah. that is, especially for a larger, well, yeah. larger resorts might actually be better because there's more people. Yeah. The people that work at like, like inside jobs, like inside yeah. of like cafeterias or food places like that. I've heard 
from from people that I've known is like they're not, they don't get to ride a whole lot. Yeah, they get to like, um, you know, ride cats up and down with food and like do mm-hmm. like do some stuff, and they get to obviously ride the lift every yeah. day to get up there. But uh, in the end, it's small. The people I think that get the most riding are the people that are doing the um, uh, the snow ski making. patrol. Yeah, ski patrol. <laughs> yeah, obviously. those guys the get snow it. Snow making guys get it. You know, but really, it's it's like um, one person had said something like that. Is just like it's it's um, poverty with a view. <laughs> yeah, because you get a you get a good view. And I'm not saying like don't don't work for Ski Co for like a year. But mm-hmm. If you made a career out of it, like you've been working for Ski Co for 15, 20 years. I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. And then, and then I, I know like this well, is unless I'm, unless you've moved up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should you should yeah. say if you're, if you're if you've still been like lifty or yeah, uh, you yeah. know like an outside guy, Just the like, mountain man yeah, that's yeah. yodeling still, and he's <laughs> yeah. he's yeah. sitting at the lift. Probably not the best career choice because then like because yeah. then it's time to retire, and you and you can't afford to like live Nothing. in those areas with with the, with with no retirement. Yeah. I know, I know. In Aspen, it's like, well, people worked here for thirty years. They deserve <laughs> they they we, we they deserve to retire here. Yeah. And you're like, let me tell you something. What the world says about that is, you deserve nothing. Yeah, you know, and nobody cares. Like Cam, mm-hmm. it's it's like nobody cares about that. Obviously, in Aspen, there's there's obviously things that go on and 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 like um, retirement housing and things like yeah. that to to make it affordable. At the same time, you're you're banking on a political person that's in office yeah. to guarantee you that, and it's not always guaranteed. I mean, yeah. I was I was there when they were like, "We're we're increasing rent." Yeah, and and um, that conversation was held, and people were upset and things like that. You, that's a big big gamble to yeah. say that I'm going to live there for all your entire life, and then you. I know that there was one person that was up in like Whistler and they got cancer and they were like, well, I've been, a, I've just worked for ski co, <laughs> you know, oh, but wow. it's not called ski co up there, but yeah, I just worked for the ski resort and now I'm like up a Creek yeah. <laughs> you know? and you're like, that's, that's, those are tough. But to those people, I would like to say, you know, like you need to get out of that culture. <laughs> like that's a bad, that's a bad deal to do with. Do it for a year. Yeah. Do it for a year. Do right it for right a out of high school or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. And then call it good. You know, uh, the third people, the dirt banks. I wish I was one of you. <laughs> I but wish then, I could just. But then doesn't that, doesn't that go back to the uh, poor career decisions? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is a poor career. Decision, you hypocrite. But it looks so yeah. fun. Yeah, it looks so fun. I wish I was. So, I mean, you could say the same thing about the lifties. Money. You know. Yeah, I wish okay. I had enough money to join them. Yeah, I could just like that. Uh, well, you, okay, so I think there needs to be a distinction between the uh, the dirtbags that are dirtbagging it just because they can and they have tons of money and the dirtbags that don't have any money. Because uh, that technically falls into poverty with a view. Yeah, it yeah, it definitely falls into poverty. I mean, if I was homeless, I'd take my tent into and the woods. I should clarify that because that's what I would want to do. I mean, Jackson Hole has one of the biggest like ski bum things in the world, like per, per mile or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like homeless people that are like jumping from place to place ski bums per capita is on the census <laughs> i don't i don't think so <laughs> it better be they, they there was a report one time that i read that like gave like how many people are actually like ski bumming like living in the middle of nowhere like remember like uh what was his name the guy that worked for us that didn't dale <laughs> remember that guy the uh the guy that oh was, yeah like, yeah i remember i remember we had, we had one and he literally had no home Wow. He had no home. He carried a backpack. He worked for us, got yeah. some money, and literally the job that he was doing, I wish we could have paid him more, but mm-hmm. um, at the same time, he literally didn't do that. And then he was like living in closets in, in at um, at motels in Snowmass and wow. was just like going around. And living was, living in closets or out of the <laughs> <place? laughs> In <laughs> closets. Like in, in, each in morning he'd come out. Oh, man. <laughs> I, there was a couple of times where I took him back to my house with me, like, uh, and uh, had him spend the night because I was just like, "Dude, it's way too cold outside. You just need to crash on the floor, crash on the couch, and stuff like that." Yeah. I was just like, I kept shaking my head. I was like, "Dude, you, I couldn't do this, but I want to." At the same time, <laughs> like, I wish I could do that. But See, at the same you should have you should have given him a tent and a sleeping bag and called him an adventure. Yeah, I should have yeah, gave him the, gave him the North Face. Yeah. <laughs> Let him live out there. That'd be funny. <laughs> Uh, but at the same time, and I say that's what I want to do because yeah. I wish I could could do that. But 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 reason, sound reasoning in my head says no. Like, yeah. You can't do that, Jerry. Like that's just that's immature. That's selfish. That's I mean, mm-hmm. you want to know why to a certain degree, uh, like um, I would say, like social security isn't working to a certain degree. Is mm-hmm. is like people get 
crappy like twelve dollar an hour jobs work at it for forty years and then they didn't have enough money and so yeah that put away and then they're still like drawing stuff out and you're like you want to know why you didn't do this because you did that yeah <laughs> and there's a lot of people that do that and choose to do that and I'm not saying that that's wrong you obviously have to mm-hmm. just you know shoot your shot and and do what you got to do but yeah. at the same time is like were you like a super beneficial to to like our economy and our community as a whole Mm -hmm. like obviously we needed people to do those jobs but those jobs are kind of like people that are getting out of high school and college yeah and then something to tide you over you should Mm -hmm. always be looking to increase yourself yeah whether that's in your work or your private life or Mm -hmm. things if if you become stagnant and you don't balance yourself out that's where problems arise and and, and crappy stuff well just look at water like uh live water isn't a still water pond yeah. if you have a pond that's still it's dying and decaying mm-hmm. and turning into this nasty bod yeah. water live yeah. water is like the ocean where there's crashing waves yeah. and movement yeah. and movement. things that are building and destroying themselves and rebuilding themselves like that's what that's what seems alive yeah. yeah i think that we can consider ourselves in the same way where if you're not consistently striving to build yourself block by block Mm -hmm. you're no longer living and it's literally just you're existing in time as it goes by yeah Yeah. and you're not actually doing anything yeah i I think for most people like um when they think of like the dirtbag life or the ski bum life they're like that probably doesn't provide enough money where you can go out and and, and help people like you could be a, a guy with pretty wealthy but deciding to live that kind of life and everything and having money put away but like in life a lot a lot of things that provide happiness are when you get to work with others and help others and a lot of times you might isolate yourself that way too and i think some some of those ski bums that move out there with their friends they might be the last one standing and their (laughs) friends went and got real jobs and in some ways like you might feel like pretty proud of that fact but when you're looking back and seeing your friends how how they're retired or whatever and you're still trying to make it like it might not be a great choice but i don't know like i've I've always told Ashley I want to be a dirt bag too, and she's like, "No, you're not." <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Daddy. <laughs> yeah, so. and I think yeah, that yeah. you know, I think that it's worth throwing the caveat onto that as well, because I mean, I believe that you can choose to do whatever you want to do. It's like if you want to, if you want to be a dirt bag, if you want to yeah. live out of a you know a knapsack, like you know, that's totally your prerogative. Yeah, you absolutely have that right. Um, so I think that if you look at it like that, and mm-hmm. you say what is it that everyone should do to be fulfilled in their lives? I think it's just how you, like you said, most people feel fulfilled when they're working with other people. Yeah. So whether you're, you know, multi-million dollar CEO or mm-hmm. you're, you have $20 to your name and you're, you know, working as, working as a lifty at a ski resort. Yep. I think that the, the, the common thread is how you choose to treat other people whether with your time, well, just your resources in general, which is your time and your finances and the things that you have at your disposal, making that choice to use that for the betterment of others mm-hmm. is absolutely critical. And that doesn't matter if you're making, you know, ten dollars an hour or a hundred thousand dollars a day. Mm-hmm. You know, that's uh, I think that that's the most important thing that you can have in life. So yeah. when we say it probably isn't the smartest decision for you to live a lifestyle like that that yeah. remains true but if yeah. you do choose to do that be a good person yeah, yeah. be a good, be person. A good person and yeah. if you choose to be you know ruthless and chase money be a good person yeah, yeah be a good person yeah. you know i i think like like it's still my goal for sure like to get to the mountains someday right like i'm not just dissing people uh, that are going to the mountains and, yeah. and trying to make it work but there is a right way to do it yeah. And like the way to do it is finding something stable out there because then you have the money to do the things I think Travis mentioned earlier, like you're going to mm-hmm. having a stable job and, and just having that income rolling, then you get to actually enjoy like what is out there. And and I never liked the, the idea of like uh, living for the weekend, but in some sense it makes, it, it does make sense because you have to, during the day you got to go to work or something. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can find a job you love and then you do, it doesn't feel so much like work, but it's still work right? And, and at the end. So like the weekend is where you go out and, and you climb the mountains and you do that stuff. And like, I know all three of us, like we'd love to be out in the mountains still. And, and that's the goal, but oh, yeah. we're trying to do it the right way too. So we don't end up working a ski lift, never getting to actually take part in, in the mountain activities that everyone else gets to. So, yeah. yeah. And I think that also comes down to, uh, 
you know, taking the resources that you have and reinvesting it in ways that gives you more autonomy in the future. Yeah. So it's like, let's say you're, let's say you're working a nine to five and you have a fixed salary. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to take a portion of that money and investing it into something that's going to give you returns, whether that yeah. be um, a business, stocks, investing in someone else's business, anything that it might be in order to give mm-hmm. you more freedom in the future. I think that's a worthwhile investment of, you know, sacrifice now, you know, yep. some of the things that you might've spent it on, uh, for something in the future that's going to give you dividends and returns. And the more dividends and returns you have, the more time you have freed up yeah, so that you can sure. go and do these things. Yeah. I think that the biggest thing about that is, um, doesn't matter what you're doing and what your job choice is really it comes down to what you like to do. And mm-hmm. then number two is you got to get after it. Like, yeah. Travis, like Travis's analogy of the water, right? Mm-hmm. You got to keep moving. I know a lot of people that work in Aspen that have good paying jobs that are stable. They've got a family, yeah, <laughs> and they're making it work. And then and it's not they're not in poverty. And then they still ski a hundred days a year. Yeah, you know, number one, they're getting up early. They're skinning up Ajax, or, you mm-hmm. know, or like a bunch of different mountains. And and then they're getting after it. You know, uh, you know, like Travis says is like when we lived in uh, when we lived in Aspen, it was like got home and then we were out we went out mm-hmm. boom he's like grab your bike or, yeah you know we're going on a run or a hike or something like mm-hmm. that it wasn't like just i i get home and i do nothing we go downtown yeah. we go do something mm-hmm. i think that's what it's all about is is just obviously life is a struggle culture doesn't have to define you and, mm-hmm. and get out there you know i think group number four was is like um what was group number four what was this what did i say Oh yeah, the people that move to Colorado because they just want to do the Instagram thing. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, those are people like super unprepared. Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, brings up our like the next thing is this is like people in any of those groups like sometimes they'll just move there and then they'll get into like a a genre of, of or a group of people, like a culture of people yep. and then they're super unprepared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I want to shake those people too cuz I'm like I I have seen like uh, in, in obviously myself you yeah. know uh, what an avalanche can do <laughs> okay number one number two what happens when you go climb a mountain and you're unprepared and you yeah. didn't know what you were supposed to do or you didn't look it up and number three um, obviously we've been there when people have made a mistake in the backcountry like mm-hmm. a poor mistake yeah number one they shouldn't have been there Mm-mm. probably not to that extent yet and then an accident has happened and yeah. that's the worst part about it is because not that 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 the state of Colorado would shut down something down mm-hmm. but like in the end is is like you got to go prepared yeah <laughs> right Travis I think you're like the same thing because we obviously started off as being like let's go <laughs> we, started <laughs> and we didn't even bring our backpacks you know? at least you didn't have the cardboard sign yeah oh yeah <laughs> you learn a lot of things from it too and it's and then you kind of get to that point where you uh you underestimate how difficult and challenging it can be. I remember one time one of my buddies he came up to uh Colorado, wanted to climb a mountain. And he was in, he was in pretty good shape. Um he wasn't out of shape by any means. Uh worked out every single day, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Came to Colorado, wanted to climb a 14,000 foot mountain and it was like I think it was Beerstadt we were climbing. Pretty like it's just a really really long excruciating hike, nothing too technical. Mm-hmm. Um, we went out to hike it and within an hour and a half, I mean, he was puking his guts out because <laughs> it's like, and that's a, that's a good point because it's like you, would, especially for someone who's in pretty good shape, mm-hmm. there's a lot of other aspects to it that you don't think of. You fly in from like Minnesota and <laughs> the next day you go try to get to 14,000 feet and you're doing it hard oh, cardiovascular man. effort. Yeah. For a lot of people, it will make you sick. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hypoxia is real. And mm-hmm. then put physical effort on top of that, and it's yeah. unmanageable for some people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, yeah. talking about like climbing mountains and stuff, like you do want to be prepared. And I'll just share a little story about this. Uh, the secretary at our uh, school in New England, her son uh, just turned 40. He was a former like state champion in the hurdles in, in New England, but now he's, he's living in Reno. And he just turned 40. So for his 40th birthday, him and his uh, girlfriend, they went to Africa to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. And like, uh, th- this is something you want to be prepared for, you know, like <laughs> you're not going to go climb Mount Kilimanjaro if you haven't been climbing mountains. And obviously he lives in probably the Tahoe area. So like he's able to climb and, and do all that stuff. Anyways, um, they they made it to the last day. And the way they plan it is uh, 
they get you up at midnight for the last camp so you can like get to the top by sunrise and we're thinking africa we're thinking like hot you're not gonna have to worry about like any cold temperatures and yeah, everything. not kilimanjaro yeah <laughs> it ended up being yeah neg- there's still a glacier up there isn't it is it <laughs> yeah so so i mean it's still, it's really cold up there i guess yeah. and it ended up being like negative 32 up oh at the my top. Word. yeah <laughs> and it's like freezing <laughs> rains like or like this sleeting stuff's coming down or whatever and like the picture of him he's just covered in ice and like him his girlfriend didn't make it because she got sick the last day or something so she had to turn around but like mm-hmm. six of the 12 were the only ones that made it. and he said for the last like um the last 2,000 feet I think it was like he felt drunk that's how like the, yeah. the hypoxia got yeah him and that's stuff. that's what it does yeah yeah crazy here's a crazy story too about kilimanjaro because i think that's a just a weird peak obviously yeah like flat and then it's just boom yeah just (laughs) comes up well uh cody gallopo obviously chelsea gallopo's uh brother was Mm -hmm. up there and he was climbing kilimanjaro and um in his backpack he had like lemonade or something like that and it grew mold on it and this is how quick this is literally how quick like things in the back country can turn yeah right obviously I wouldn't say it's technically the back country in, in Africa. I think they call it the bush bush, <laughs> right? <laughs> Probably. Okay. Well, anyways, <laughs> out the bush bush, right? Uh, he was out there and he was, and he poured water into like the moldy pig yeah. whatever, and started doing it and he got sick. Oh man. And that would be a bad place to, to start getting sick for that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Have yeah. You- check your hydration bags. Like, <laughs> seriously. So many people don't check their hydration bags for just years at a time. Yeah, They're nasty. Really, that's man. gross. Flip them inside out, put them in the dishwasher. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, anyways, you know, I think he obviously made it back or whatever, but it, at the same time, you're like, whoa. Yeah. You, you wouldn't have thought about it. You're like, no. well, I've got two feet. I can make it with myself back. Yeah. It's, it's literally, if, if you, if you don't have your wits about you, uh, like obviously in Colorado, there's bears, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I think that this year there's been four mountain lion attacks this wow. year. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously I think last year was that guy that got attacked and then like, and then he took it down, <laughs> just put it into a chokehold, you know, just ripped the animal apart. Ugh. He was like my yeah. size. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. wasn't that big. Anyways, um, you, you never know. And, and the biggest thing is, is like, just do a little bit of research. Mm-hmm. Like obviously a lot of people go into REI, especially like the flagships and stuff like that, like in Denver and stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, they'll be like, so what kind of gear should I get? And they're like, they're really trying to sell you on a tent mm-hmm. and a sleeping bag and some merchandise. Yeah. Uh, do a little bit more research with whatever mm-hmm. it is, you know, um, be prepared you know yeah. uh get something warm with you as well like don't just go all ultralight because you'll suffer yeah if yeah, you yeah. don't you got to have that balance and if you're going and if you're going all like heavyweight stuff you better grab some ultralight light stuff at the same time because you got to find a balance of, of yeah of, of things and but yeah we, we've obviously learned that lesson the hard way at, mm-hmm. <laughs> at the same time you know it's like we packed like super ultra heavy and then yeah. you're like oh man I've got a thousand pound pack on my back that I got to do this now. And it takes you longer. Yeah. And then you go all ultralight and you're like, I am uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had a lot of those nights. I can't imagine sleeping on roots. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know like what group necessarily it is that comes into these mountain towns that, that like have this struggle with like knowing what, what, how to prepare for the back country. But to me, it seems like a lot of college students will, who have probably never even been to the mountains or maybe have like driven through Yellowstone or something. They're like, I want to be in the mountains. So they buy all the plaid clothing and they, yeah. they take on the, <laughs> I call it granola lifestyle, you know, and the, uh, oh, yeah. Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy, you're granola with your plaid. No, not granola. Hey, I, I, I like I, plaid I despise too. despise granola. <laughs> but no. you don't despise plaid. Yeah. Okay. I like plaid Exo too. facto. Okay. Granola. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna start oh, no. calling you Fig. Oh, my goodness. I do have a. I have a. I do have a. A, a good old stash of yeah. flannel shirts, though. I do have to admit yeah. that. Yeah. I did too, but I get them from like the, the thrift stores. So I'm like, real granola. Like super hipster. <laughs> yeah, I'm hipster. super hipster. But every time I go That's through sweet. Bozeman, I stop at this uh, thrift store. It's like I can't remember what's called, but we stop there and get a new plaid shirt. But I got one yeah. from the Yellowstone Club once and that's like the the oh, ritzy ritzy place oh, where nice. like yeah. i think like john travolta's people ski yeah, out there yeah, and stuff yeah so i got it on my arm and like 
now I look like I'm part of the club. <laughs> so, <laughs> got it for eight bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I love thrift stores, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. They're the best. Eight <laughs> bucks for a flannel. That's from Yeah. <laughs> and it was Oakley. So, you oh. know, name brand. Yeah. Little oh, name man. brand. Yeah. Man. I know. I got a good deal on that one. So, <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's, that's thrift yeah. stores. Yeah. You're yeah. looking at you're looking at me like yeah, I have something yeah. insightful to say. Yeah, you have anything. I just want to I want to go back to that hypoxia thing, climbing mountains. When yeah, your brain goes dead. I remember um, I was I was watching this video, and uh, this guy is a um, he's a jet propulsion engineer, little literal rocket scientist for it was either NASA or JPL. I can't remember one of the wow. two. Basically, the same thing at this point. Yeah. Um, and they did a test where it was a like uh, cabin depressurization drill where they pump the oxygen out of a, uh, a cabin model. And then they, ha- they put you through a series of tests where you do simple tasks with lower and lower oxygen until hypoxia hits in. And then, so you can experience what it feels like. So when you're put into one of those situations of a depressurization, you're able to function or at least understand what you're supposed to do to function, which is also, this is why it's important when those little things come down, those little masks come down <laughs> when you're in a plane, put it on your face first before the children. Like people always think like, Oh yeah. yeah. Like I'm just going to put it on my kid first and then myself. It's like, you need to be able to function as an yeah. adult. Like you put that thing. On. <laughs> so what, what ended up happening is um, I think that it was within, you know, 15 seconds of they push it down to um to a uh, mixture of oxygen that's low enough to induce hypoxia and they had him with one of those little shape boxes that you do in kindergarten or preschool with like the little stars and the yeah. triangles and the circles and um you know something super simple that you should be able to do and he's sitting there and like he's doing it just fine and then all of a sudden like he's holding a triangle and he's looking at it and he doesn't know what to do anymore <laughs> like he doesn't like and he's like trying to put it in the circle and they're like they're like destin put it put it in the triangle and he's like (laughs) and then they they take the mask and they put the oxygen on it but it's like just to say like someone who's extremely competent and um and intelligent and you give them a simple tax putting a triangle through a triangle hole and they can't even do it because of the lack lack of oxygen in your brain like that's why that's and that's what happens when you you start climbing mountains is your your brain starts to lose oxygen Mm -hmm. and it starts to function less and your decision-making abilities are also reduced. Your physiological abilities are also reduced. And you can combine those two things together, and that's when bad things can happen. You know what would be a cool YouTube video? Is if, <laughs> if you set me into that room with, like, a thing of Apple Jacks and some milk and a bowl and a spoon. And <laughs> <laughs> said, you got to finish this bowl of cereal to see how long it would take me to do it. That would actually be, like, super fun. <laughs> that would be, be pretty great. The thing is, my second nature... I can sleep and eat Captain Crunch. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, it would be a good test to see at, at, at my extreme uh, cereal eating abilities. Yeah, that would be true. That would be yeah. kind of a cool YouTube video. Extreme cereal eating? Yeah. Yeah. With hypoxia. <laughs> killing, killing brain <laughs> cells and, and encouraging diabetes. Yeah, yeah. One spoonful eat, at a time. It, to to go along with the hypoxia route is, is like you, you see at how many people make terrible decisions mm-hmm. out there in the backcountry mm-hmm. um if you ever if in travis will post like this picture of like capital peak right uh literally it is straight up and down i mean mm-hmm. it is crazy like exposed and people will walk right over the edge and they oh will and they will die mm-hmm. you know and and like i i think i've said it before is it's like they, you know there was one summer there was like eight or nine people or ten people that died yeah. you know and um and and you wonder and you're like what was that person thinking yeah you know like uh we've been uh, over the knife's edge and then like you, you drop over the place this little peak that's called k2 yeah and um if you keep going down k2 like it, it it cliffs out i mean there's like a from 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 k2 you go down a little bit and it's easy and then you go down uh, maybe a 10 foot cliff and then a 30 foot cliff and then it's like a 800 foot cliff mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah know? like there's no way out there's no way out and there's and if you go down the that second cliff that 30 foot cliff there's no way you're going back up that thing. yeah it's without a rope and a harness and, mm-hmm. and some anchors there's just no way mm-hmm. and you're wondering who who thought about this mm-hmm. i think i've got a uh a GoPro video too of like you get a you get down k2 and you get over to the knife's edge and you remember when you look towards the Pierre Lakes, mm-hmm. there's that like little shoot and I mean it's like the most gnarliest thing. There's just yeah. hard rock edges all the way down and you're like, 
this is the real deal. Mm-hmm. And I think that there was, you know, some person that died down climbing that section. And yeah. you're like, I don't know what it is that makes people do that. And mm-hmm. obviously yeah. hypoxia has a lot to do with it. It's just a lack mm-hmm. of yeah. oxygen. A and sometimes, of like, sometimes experienced climbers don't even check trail routes and stuff. So yeah. I had, a, I had a buddy, um, I won't say who it is. It's kind of embarrassing. Well, it's not really because he, he succeeded, but uh, went to Capitol, basic Capitol. Uh, and you know how you go around and you go back yeah. up that scree field? Yeah. Literally just picked a route and went straight up it. <laughs> no joke. Went straight up it. And, clim- and climbed it. Jeez. <laughs> so went up and went up like, it's, uh, let's see, there's a mountain face here and then K2. So just went straight up here and then traversed over, up K2 oh, over and over a nice edge and climbed Capitol. Over that, yeah, that clip that, yeah. It's nuts. Yeah, that's yes. crazy. But it's like, but if you're not an experienced climber and you do that, you're dead. Like, yeah. <laughs> maybe we can maybe we can f- throw up a picture on here because this is really gnarly, and I'll I'll try to find it. But there's there's a traverse that goes from Capitol Peak all, all the way over to Snowmass Peak, and mm-hmm. it is one of the most daunting traverses of all time. I mean, it's it looks it's it's seriously just jagged the whole way across. It, it looks it's like a, what's that dinosaur with the. A stegosaurus, stegosaurus. Yeah, yeah, it looks yeah. like a stegosaurus. People, people obviously like claim like you know like obviously the Fitzroy traverse that that um, uh, which McCall did, Honnold did or whatever was yeah. crazy. There's a there's other traverses out there where you're like, that's it's impossible. Nuts. Yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking about. You know, yeah. Then you got that guy who's trail running him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the guy's name. That's some of the most like palm sweating. Yeah, what footage. is that? What's his name? I can't remember. Very foreign name. I think he's from Austria. Yeah, yeah. I think oh, he's from okay. Austria. Yeah, you're yeah. thinking the same thing. The guys, the guys. Killian Jornet. Nuts. Killian Jornet. That okay? Isn't that the? He's like the old. Isn't that the BMX the... guy? No, maybe they, no. maybe it is Killian. Yeah, that's right. Because there's uh, and then there's Killian. What's his name? That's the BMX guy. Or the <laughs> yeah. He yeah. Did, not BMX mountain biking freestyle mountain. Oh yeah, freestyle mountain that. biking. Yeah, yeah. I think what I get out of this, because like, for someone that hasn't had a ton of, of experience in the backcountry, like I know my limitations. And like, if there's anything, <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly, man, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> yeah. you got to know your limitations yeah. if you go out there. And that's not to say they're going to be your limitations forever, but like for right, right now, like yeah. you're not going to start me off on something crazy because yeah. it's it's not it's not going to end well for anyone. You know, you want it to be a good experience first of all, because you want to yeah. go back. Yep. And if, if it's your first one, you're just going just haywire, cra- climbing something crazy. Like, I'm not going to go back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's or, the, and the best way to do it is, um, you know, once you're trying to push your boundaries, finding someone who's an expert in those things to do it. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. first time I went rock climbing on an actual rock face was with Jeremy and Timmy. We went down to South Dakota to the skeletal remains faces and we just climbed for two days. Yeah. And it was like, that was my first exposure to real rock. And then you start feeling more comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I wouldn't go and like, climb El like cap yeah <laughs> like, go like trad yeah. climb my by myself in yeah. the forest somewhere and die like that would yeah. be the stupidest thing you could possibly do without having someone That's, there who knows but it happens right. yeah it does it happen does. i don't i don't understand I, it. Well, yeah i think I, I might have said this once before but one time i was up uh, up the north maroon peak or whatever mm-hmm. um and uh i ran into a girl and a guy that mm-hmm. they had never climbed anything before <laughs> and they climbed the north maroon bells it's like what? okay, you and know, that's why it's called the deadly bells. Yeah, that's why it's called the deadly bells. And like in the end, like I don't think it's that technical, but there are certain areas where it's kind of technical. Yeah. And if and if you've never like route finded before, and yeah. you don't know what route finding is and how to do it, and what those little cairns mean, and yeah. knowing which ones are the fake cairns and which ones are the real cairns. Yeah. <laughs> because there's people. Some people will just like build a random cairn and off in the wrong direction, and you're like, "There's, there's no way that that's that's the real route." And, yeah. And you're like, "That's not what that's not what my um my I would say pre route planning told me." You yeah. Know? It's just like, what's that? What's that one website that we normally go on? Like my route m- mountain friend or whatever. I can't remember. Oh, there's a couple of them. There's um there's all trails, and then there's um there's 14ers Colorado I think is another yeah. one something like that well, For, well, or 14ers.com yeah. yeah yeah what we're basically saying is just do a little bit of homework before mm-hmm. you go out there and be safe make sure that you're prepared because we, we've seen it yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. you know even that like I think I said that it was a couple weeks ago about that the the, um, the um, goat hunter that fell mm-hmm. you know he was probably semi-experienced he'd probably yeah. done this a couple of times mm-hmm. and you never know when that accident might happen Mm-hmm. especially if you like to tout the edge you like to toe the edge a little bit 
hey it can get a little hairy you know yeah. i remember i was with trapper and timmy and there was mm-hmm. a goat that i wanted a picture of that was like sitting on this weird rock face and i went after it <laughs> yeah. and i started climbing across this this cliff face and then i was like uh, maybe maybe i shouldn't push on any further like mm-hmm. know your limitations and then turn back and be like okay i got a little bit i need a little bit more experience or i need a little bit of help or something like yeah that. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah so i'm sure we're almost out of time but i'll, I'll share a little yeah, story right there. i'll share a little story to end it so uh my first like real um experience like out of high school in the mountains was uh i was driving down to arizona to go to go to college with my friend trevor um and we decided we looked off to the left side of the highway we were by albuquerque new mexico we see this uh gondola or like a tram ride it's like the world's longest tram it was just like i gotta ride that thing it's like that thing is gonna be flipping sweet so uh, we ride it we get up and it, it's like a thousand feet up or something like crazy once you get up there and like the person that's um the guide of it was like saying oh, yeah there's an airplane that crashed off there and everything and all this <laughs> stuff was just pointing stuff out and we get to the top and like the wind just starts picking up like 50 to 60 mile an hour like wind gusts or like even maybe even higher and i was like trevor i don't want to go back on that freaking thing <laughs> i was like that thing's freaking scary like riding it up was just like like i don't like heights like that at, at this time of my life i was i had never really hiked anything either so i was like i'm not going back and i found out there's like a hiking trail that that goes down it doesn't get you right to the base where you where the parking lot is you have to walk like another mile or two i was like okay we're gonna hike this thing because i'm i'm out like I, I can't go on that thing again. And, like, I don't know. I think it stems from my fear of, like, elevators as, like, a five-year-old. So, like, I still have some, some remnants <laughs> yeah, of that. Some, some repressed. <laughs> you know? So uh, so we start hiking in it. And, like, this is about, like, knowing your limitations. Like, I start hiking this. I was like, what am I doing? Like, I haven't hiked anything like this before. And it's, it was, like, on the backside of a ski area and stuff. So it was, like, it was in the mountains pretty, pretty deep and everything. And I was like, okay. Like, we got, like, probably – I don't know, half a mile or something. I was like, okay, we're going to turn back around and, and ride this thing back down. We're going to just bite the bullet and fine. do it. It's <laughs> like, yeah. fine. So, so I get on this, this, uh, back on this tram and everything. And I, I call my mom. I was like, mom, it's, it's freaking windy up here. Like, I don't know like <laughs> what's going on, but if I don't make it, like <laughs> just tell dad, I love him or something like that. And then like, I lost service right at that time. <laughs> so, oh, that's awesome. So my mom thinks like I died or something and she's like freaking out trying to call me back and everything. And I get to the bottom and I'm like, Oh, we made it I'm alive and call her <laughs> yeah. back. And she's like, she was like pretty terrified. Cause like I cut out right after that and yeah. everything. So that's know your limitations and, and don't be afraid of uh, getting back on a tram. If, if that's my yeah. advice. No, yeah. like that, that's a 98, like 60, 60 mile an hour winds on a gondola. I mean, yeah. it'd be oh, in my mind too, to hike back down. That that's not a fun scary. feeling. Like when you're, no. yeah, you, you feel, you feel pretty dang helpless. Oh. Like you feel so and, helpless. And a thousand feet up, I was like, we're dying. Like, mm-hmm. And I asked yeah. the guys, like, I was like, are you going to shut this thing down? Like, like <laughs> no, nah, they just pay us to do this. So I don't know what the limit. He Not didn't know my the, problem. He didn't know the limit of how much wind they can handle. But, like, I've seen lifts shut down when it gets up to, like, 40-mile-an-hour gusts and stuff. Right, like, you right. see, You don't see lifts open. So I was yeah, like, yeah. that's not a good situation. Yeah. So Wasn't, wasn't it, like, a big <clears throat> at at Red Launch a couple of years ago where that one that lift, lift fell. fell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was bad. The people mm-hmm. paralyzed and, oh, yeah. man. Yikes. Yeah, yeah. I don't mess oh. around with that either. Yikes. No, if it's windy, it's not a fun day anyways usually. No. Yeah. So... I mean, I don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I've been out there in wind. Yeah. But at the same time, unless you can find some trees, it's, it's not very fun. No, open face, not yeah. too fun. Yeah. yeah but. Remember, I think there's, wait, maybe I can tell you one more story. Why don't we, we yeah. should maybe do it. There was one time we were, where were we at? Where we got out, we got out outside of the tram and we, we t- took around the corner and it was just nonstop. Oh, <laughs> where was that? Oh, that was, um. That was Big Sky. Was it in Big Sky? Yeah, that, that was, was in Big Sky. Anyway, uh, Big Sky gets windy. Like, that was yeah. insane. Yeah, they that was like at the, the top. Lone level. Peak? Yeah, Lone Peak. I think Peak. it was just, it was you, me, and like one other person inside of it or whatever. And it was like, you, you came around the outside edge and it was like just full on, just yeah. nonstop yeah. wind. And it sounded was just like World pally. War One drug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was nobody else up there except for me, and Travis, and this one other kid. And then, um, 
through like this ski patrol because I was carrying my board. Yeah. And they were like, put that on. <laughs> and I was like, what? What? Yeah. And then I was like, what did you just like, she's yelled at me again a couple of times. So I'm like, I can't I hear, can't hear you. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, uh, but yeah, there's yeah, the wind, wind isn't fun. No, wind's not something to mess with, especially when it's open like that. Yeah. But, yeah. but hey, you survived. I yeah, did survive. That's, right. that's, that's right. great. That's a good story. <laughs> I added a little story for you guys. Yeah. Perfect. Well, that puts yeah. us right at an hour. So we'll wrap things up for today's podcast. Uh, today, the new label podcast. Let us guys know your feedback on that in the comments below. And we will see you guys next week. Thank you. Yeah. Have a great weekend. Enjoy yeah. this uh, awesome storm we're going to get if you're listening in from North oh, yeah. Dakota. It doesn't look like it started snowing yet, no. but we're going to get like Last time it feet. did, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, guys. See you next week. <laughs> All right. Oh.